Welcome to the very first edition of the unofficial Saints FC podcast with me, Sean Warford, and FreshSaints.com's very own Aidan Small. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. So what we're going to be doing over this podcast show is previewing the season of 2016-17, looking at the new managerial appointments, some transfer discussions, and to be honest, we just want to find out from you guys what you want to hear. Yeah, definitely. So let them know how well they can get in touch with us. Well, my name's Aidan Small, and I've been uh, the owner of Fresh Saints for a short while now, uh, a Twitter and online site. And I'd love to hear from you guys. Get tweeting at us at Fresh Saints, and we would love to. We'd love to know what you want to hear. Um, we're going to be recording these shows as much as possible, and we really want to get it going over this season. So if you can get in touch, let us know. That would be absolutely superb. You can follow me uh, on my personal account at, at Sean Walford. That's S-E-A-N-W-A-L-F-O-R-D. And where can they follow you on your personal account? You can follow me on Twitter at, at AidenSmall97. Double A on Aiden. There you go. So if you want some uh, different thoughts and opinions, get onto those. All right, so we've got a new manager, Claude Puel. If I get that indeed. right. We do indeed. 54-year-old, managed uh, previously Monaco, Lille, Lyon. Good good track record overall. Yeah, you know, most recently Reese, and uh, he's agreed the three-year deal with the Saints, and I feel at the start, I think that's where we should take it from. Seems nice and convenient way to go with. Uh, lots of Saints fans, there was a little bit of pessimism, I feel like, in... in Times where Saints have felt a lot of uh, faith with the new manager, I feel like some people maybe got a little, a little too worried about it, a little too worried, thinking that we had to go for a bigger name. And I think some people were kind of forgetting what Saints is really about and this kind of identity and the way that we forged ourselves and the way that we source new managers and new players. And weirdly, I think people took to it quite badly at the start in certain ways. I saw a lot of bad reactions on on social media, but at the same time, there's lots of people that do know that's how Southampton have yeah, their ways. I see, I, I'm of the thought that. There was a lot of uh, good good managerial options linked with us, um, some better than others. I know a lot mm. of people spoke about Pellegrini, um, and we're going to come on to some of the other names touted around when the yeah. managerial position came up. And I think perhaps that some fans may well have got caught up with the bigger names that we yeah. were linked with, and perhaps thought that they were the sort of certain candidates should yeah. should they be in the sort of office, you know, yeah. applying for the job. Um, but, you know, it's an interesting one, and not a lot of people know a lot about it. Mm. That's one thing I will say. I can't admit that I do either. I know he's got a good track record with yeah. certain aspects of his managerial yeah. sort of career, you know, from developing the youth. Yeah. And he was quite successful um, in a number of places that he's been. But, I mean... I've got to ask you what you think of his overall thoughts on his playing style. Seems quite attacking. Seems very quick. That's one thing yeah. we have noticed instantly in these preseason mm. games. Um, but do you think we're going to be able to hold that up with the players we've got over an incredibly longer season than we've had before? When you bear in mind we've got the Europa League, etc. Yeah, well, I think Claude Puel he's coming straight away, and one thing that he's wanted to throw at the team at the players and the staff there is that he's got this strict philosophy and this way that he wants to play. And it's been from every game that I've watched and I've watched some old games of, of his previous clubs and I've wanted to gain a better idea of what Peel's really trying to bring into the club. Um, and it's every single pass is on the floor. Every single pass. It's all about strict uh, a f strict formation in the four-one-two-one-two diamond. Um, and I feel like there's a lot to be excited about after what we've seen the way that the team likes to play great involvement of the fullbacks 
I think uh, the, the Premier League, in a way, I think is going to turn to two strikers up top in the future again anyway. You know, we always there's always trends in formations, and I feel that the two-man up top is going to become a more regular thing in the Premier League. So I think we're moving ahead of the pack in that sense too. Um, I think th- there's a lot of a lot of uh, fluidity with movement. I'm really enjoying looking at the midfield so far. I feel like that's been uh, something really delightful to watch, and we're getting a number of great performances out of players who, over the last year, haven't done the best they could. I've really liked the look of Jordi Classy and Ward Prowse over preseason, especially. Pules really looking to get the best out of each individual player. Yeah, I mean, there was, that was one thing that was linked or not linked, but mentioned about, um, and it was coming out over the time that Kuma was in charge. But I think is more kind of specifically, at least within. The, the sort of the Saints fans community um, that has come out from the camp when Ronald Koeman was in charge is that there was some tarnished relationships yeah. with players and management yeah. there, specifically the likes of Mane, Tadic were the ones that I'm particularly here. Target was one of the yeah. ones I'd heard. I feel like it was overshadowed by results where fans could kind of, you know... Yeah, so, except yeah. that a good result they could would... look away. Yeah, no, I'd agree with that. Um, yeah. But I've got to say... Do do you not? And, and the one question I think a lot of Saints fans have, and I've heard it mentioned elsewhere, not just you know in in that sort of community um, online and on the local radio, but do you not think that we are taking a bit of a gamble again with another sort of unproven manager in the Premier League, when there was, from what we've been made aware of, potentially the option to look down the route of Eddie Howe mm. or Pellegrini. Um, who do have a track record, yeah. even whether it be a small one in Howe or sort of a larger, more proven yeah. run with Pellegrini. Do you not think perhaps that this cycle we keep doing of bringing in unknowns and being successful will eventually run out? I mean, I'm not certain yeah. and I, I don't want to tempt fate, but money does say eventually that that yeah. will kind yeah. of come around to bite us. history would certainly suggest that for a yeah. number of teams. And I feel that Saints, it's just... In our identity, and yes, it is a gamble, but I think that's what Southampton are looking to do. They're always looking to take the gamble because they want to move forward. Whereas, rather than with these proven managers, we got to remember that Les Reed, at the end of the day, you know, we're all sat here watching on and we say who we think is the better manager, but are they the better manager for Southampton Football Club? That's what we got to ask ourselves. So, when we get Les Reed sat there talking to the manager, demanding what he wants to do with the club, and the manager's talking about what he wants, you know, Southampton Football Club's an attractive you know, prospect to a number of, of managers. So for him to l- talk to Puel, sit down and think, this is the man that I want to manage our club. And after he's appointed so well over the past, you know, few seasons, I've, I'm given confidence by that. I've got my, my entire faith in reading. Yes, maybe. You're going to have so was. much backlash on Twitter. Yeah, I know. Maybe <laughs> They're already picturing the, I'm a, the scrolling I'm a, through. I'm, I'm, a big, <laughs> I'm a big fan of, uh, of Reed, and uh, there might be some backlash on it, but I feel... He's deserved it in recent years. Some incredible business decisions. And, you know, say if a decision was to go wrong, Reed would be the first to be blamed. But when decisions have been made spectacularly, no one wants to, you know, say congratulations yeah, no, to I'd, Reed. Yeah, I'd, ag- I'd agree that- with that. I think that's a valid point. Mm. I mean, there's some interesting goings on with the whole managerial front at Saints. They've um, The departure of Sammy Lee, for one thing. Mm. Um, Eric Black comes in, obviously, um, as the assistant first team yeah. manager. Um, but we've also kept on and I believe just promoted Dave Watson to yeah. the head of goalkeeping coach. Indeed, indeed. So it's kind of an interesting dynamic mm. in that we've lost one of our key, I'd say key managers in the team or figures in yeah. the team in Sammy Lee. Sammy I mean, when Lee's I watched those big. games last season, all the time Sammy Lee seemed to me to be almost 
up out of his seat yeah. more on the touchline than Koeman. I at found he was in every photo. Yeah, well. yeah was exactly. Samuel Lee was everywhere and it seems the kind of character he is. He's approachable. And he was always open. smiling and yeah. seemed very positive. But that could be a big gloss. But it, it kind of, I find it interesting that they've let him go when he seems like such a big figure. And this is no knock on Dave Watson because he, to me, also seems like a big figure mm. in the sort of camp. But, you know, it, I'd have thought if they were they were either going to both go or they were both going to stay. Yeah. So, I mean, what do you make of a Sammy Lee going? Sammy Lee, I was I can't lie, I was I was pretty gutted when I yeah, found I was Sammy Lee leaving. I've I've really loved the, his passion around the side. I feel like he fitted Southampton. He's about what we're about in the family feeling and that that happiness. And that's my one. I'd say my one worry from the early days, you know, I, I I full well hope I'm proved wrong and I hope that it works for the better side. But one thing I've noticed, there's a polar opposite between Ronald Koeman and Sammy Lee compared to Claude Puel and Eric Black in that yeah. Claude Puel and Eric Black are very serious. Um, and, you know, we, oh, I'm obviously only speculating from the outside here. They could be in the training ground, you know, endless laughs and God knows what. But that to me has been my... My my quick the thing I've noticed first you know Sammy Lee in the interviews always smiling and we've seen Eric Black a little more serious that could work for the better perhaps no but I when think we've that's known, a good point. when we've seen this happiness and open side tied with success yeah. is something you've got to obviously wonder it's a change of personnel not only obviously in the person but a, a big personality change too which is an interesting choice by by Les Reed maybe to see if that's what we need to take us to the next step who knows yeah no I mean it is. An interesting one for me in the sort of changing dynamic like we spoke about with the, you know, as you say, the sort of authority figure or, you know, the sort of personality that, that both of them have in Kuman and, you know, Puel. And then now we've got a, quite a switch, like you say, in that sort of more, I'd say, almost like, not harsh, harsh isn't the right word, but... Um, so it's in strict, yeah, strict, yeah, serious uh, outlook yeah. on things. Yeah, but then I always felt Kuman was quite, mm. probably quite, you know, drilled when it came down yeah, to yeah, things towards the end. Again, in his respect from the team. But one one thing that I think when when we discuss this right now is that if there was issues with Kuman and a number of the players, now we're purely speculating on what that is. Mm. But if we feel that Puel's current personality is even more sort of stricter than Koeman's. Do you think that could lead to potentially some restless perhaps characters so, within the camp? Perhaps perhaps so. I mean, it's all, all obviously speculation at this stage, but I mean, this is the thing. We're always looking in from, from the outside and we know so little. I mean, if we if we never found out about Tadic and Mane and Target, you know, you'd expect Koeman to be fantastic with young players. Sure. You'd expected Target when he had that problem that they would have got on perfectly. So we can, you know that's what everyone would have thought you'd have been shocked to find that out and when we all did find out we thought wow that was quite a I, w- I was quite taken back by yeah. that. I didn't think that would have, that would have been the case I thought he was very approachable and was very respectable with things like that so who knows what Puel could be like maybe his serious side gains him a little more respect maybe Tadic and Mane won't kick up as much of a fuss well Mane so would have kicked up as much fuss. of a fuss if you know uh, Puel was a more serious side maybe a little more respect you know? I think the one thing that you touched on briefly there that's quite interesting for me is going to be the development of the, the youth mm. um, Koeman was quite outspoken yeah. on his overall unimpression on on what the ability of the yeah. current I mean, development I know squad for was I fact he never used to turn up and he, he, he went for three odd games at the beginning and after that Koeman really? stopped watching the under 21s yeah and to me, that's that's wrong. In yeah, terms no, of, I wouldn't. If you don't think they're either. good enough, 
even if you don't think you've still got to it's the it's the ethos of the club it's the way the club's sure. supposed to be run and I think results certainly kept Coman if we finished a couple of positions below I mean Coman could have, for abusing essentially the ethos and the way that the club wants to be run I know for a fact that the board weren't happy with the yeah. way Coman was doing things in that sense and I mean we've already seen that there is some fantastic talent there in Harrison Reed. Yeah. I mean Harrison Reed god knows how he wasn't getting more appearances at times. No, I'd agree season. with that. I think that's a good. I mean and and the one thing that Puel seems to be linked with heavily in the reports that I've read um in various newspapers and heard online etc is that he's got a good back history yeah. with um developing youth and bringing them through to the first team of yeah. major football teams. I think the one of the biggest ones I'd read was um, not matter was it Hazard he's been linked yeah. with is um, one of his sort of biggest upcoming developments. Yeah, well, he brought him over through the years. At sixteen years old, brought really? him through into the first team. Yes, yeah, saw him in the training session. I thought I want I want this player again yeah. this experience, and I think he's ready. And I think one thing that stood out to me so far from Puel is that in every game that I've watched, he seems to be making sure. It sounds a very you know typical comment. It sounds very stupid. And yeah, stupid, no. But he's making sure that every player is in positions and playing to a way that uses the best of their abilities. And that's what I've, under Coman, a lot of the time, I felt like a lot of players were slightly disjointed in certain areas. Yeah, I know no, for I'd a fact Classy was not getting the best out of himself. I know for a fact Ward-Prowse was not getting the best out of himself. Tadic sometimes was far from the best. Sure. And for a long time, Shane Long, he for over a year, Shane Long wasn't getting the best out of himself. So maybe that's what I've seen so far from Pule, that he recognises a player's strengths and his system, especially... Has allowed them well, it's to, been an age-old thing of playing to the ability, the isn't it? As well, yeah, you know that could be. He could be looking at areas in the pitch where he can integrate youth, where they're going to be maybe under less pressure. I think yeah. Harrison Reed's someone in the role where he's in front of someone like Oriol Romeu. He's going to have far more freedom. I feel like he could get an opportunity this season, and I wouldn't be. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he receives five, ten plus Premier League appearances this year. Yeah, no, I mean, I think the one thing that I hope does change under this new managerial appointment is that. You know that we play a with more more youth at least trying to mm. incorporate them into the team. I mean, we're going to have loads more games this season. Yeah. With even if they're not playing in the the Premiership games every week, mm. you've got the League Cup, you've got the FA Cup, and you've got the uh, Europa League as well as mm. the um, development team that's going into yeah. the JPT, yeah. um, which has been reformatted. So I think one thing for me is definitely bringing through some younger players or at least trialing them you know I don't think anyone can fully say that they're not going to work without giving it a test yeah. to a certain extent mm. um, but you know I think there's also a lot of ability to try and change the team around when he wants yeah. to and try and play to those players strengths mm. rather than and you know like you said there was a lot of times I think where players weren't playing to their true ability or their mm. best position under Koeman. Yeah. And Koeman was quite sort of stubborn in playing the same formation yeah, and refusing to change it when we should certainly. have really been looking at an alternative, that mm. long stretch of games over Christmas. I mean, that was, at many clubs, that could have seen you say. Yeah, oh, and from what I heard, and again, purely speculation, is that Koeman was lucky not to not see yeah. the door. Um, so for me, that's one big thing that I'd like to see I mean, I mean, I want to speak to you about some of the other managerial choices. I know we briefly touched on it mm. earlier. Um, the main ones I've seen mentioned in the news and on the betting lines was Pellegrini, Moyes, Howe, mm. Klinsman and Rudy Garcia. Yeah. Um, what did you make of all those choices? I know we spoke earlier about some of them being yeah. bigger name value than 
mm. some you know the, the 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 obviously the choice we've ended up with in pure yeah. uh but was there any other ones you looked at and seen and felt that it would be a really good choice for Saints or a really good fit um and do you feel that out of all of the sort of five or six we've mentioned there that we've ended up with the best choice for us if mm. it was you in charge yeah well i don't know i, th- I from the initial ones, I remember hearing about Manuel Pellegrini. I was quite encouraged by the fact that he sent himself in for the job too. Yeah, I think um, that was an interest. That was, that was interesting for that me. Was, I mean, that showed a lot for how much Saints has progressed. Yeah, uh, no, I, times I, too that he looked at that. My worry for for Pellegrini would be that uh, I'd feel like maybe the longevity is that in there. Is he going to care about maybe doing a three four year spell? Because I feel like that's what I'd really want from a manager now. I want yeah. a long term. I'm wondering whether Pellegrini's got that in him. Um, and then I mean, it just yeah. just sorry to interrupt. Yeah. You. I mean, with with the with Pierre, we've had we've had an interesting couple of articles come out in the last week where he spoke about being a more long term manager, yeah. which is something that I don't feel we've really. Had. I think no. you could argue the case that we've struggled to keep on both players and managers. And I know he's done a bit of um, jumping around, or you know, even hot potatoing from mm. like recent managing jobs. And it seems that he wants to settle into a job now for a good couple of years yeah. and really grind something out. So I think Seems that's something way. that's quite positive for us, a club that do have a bit of a history at the moment mm. of unfortunately, or fortunately, whatever way you want to look at it, quite quickly bringing in and churning out, Yeah, you know? So I think for one one thing for me is that that's a positive, is that we've yeah. got someone that appears to want to stay long term. Yeah. And I'm quite encouraged by the fact that Pure clearly agreed to everything that the club wanted here. Yeah. And if we did get a bigger name, maybe they think they had the power to maybe push that aside after a short while, you know, agree to the terms of sure. what they want to do in the club and move it to the side. Whereas I think Pure's very much on board with what Saints want to do. And he's very much on board with not just making it about the results, but an overall effect at the club, creating something a bit bigger than just a results-based yeah. thing. He wants to really push through an era. I feel like that's hopefully... Well, that's I know for a fact that's what Southampton would want. That's all sure. what we're all about, these long-term plans. We've got these goals that we want to reach, and it's not just about making it this season. It's about they're thinking about the next three, four years whenever they appoint a manager. Sure. So clearly, I think Pure must have impressed them to that level, um, and they feel that he's the man that can, I don't know, fly the flag for and us. Drive it forward, yeah, sure. Really drive I mean, he does have he has European experience as well, which is one thing yeah. to remember that I think a lot of people probably didn't take as much note mm. of when it was first announced. But let's go back to just some of these choices before we wrap this segment up. I mean, what did you, what would you have thought of Moyes? Well, bearing in mind he's now left for uh, Sunderland mm. um, or gone to Sunderland, would Moyes have been a good fit? I feel like there would have been a glass ceiling. That's all I would have yeah. said with Moyes. I'd feel like our players would have felt like they can go further and I'd feel like as a club we felt we could have go further. But with Moyes, I feel like he's only going to take you so far. And no, I think I'd that's why that. we've gone for someone like Puel because I feel like there's an element of what could happen, something special could happen here. Whereas with Moyes, yeah, I think he'd get the job done. But would he take us to a decent level? I couldn't see us finishing above 8th, ninth with David Moyes. That's yeah. as simple as that. I'd feel like the football would be turgid too. I feel like there'd be a lot of frustrating moments. There'd be some bad patches of form. And it's not the kind of excitement that I, I would want. No, I, don't no, feel I like think it's that's a driving forward appointment too because I feel the players would slightly feel a bit discouraged quite naturally sure. after, after his two, you know, his past two tenures. I think one thing with Moyes is that he's used to, would be kind of used to working in an environment similar to Saints under the transfer restrictions I yeah. personally feel we have. Um, we're definitely not a club 
that goes just throwing crazy mm. money at any player we fancy. We do spend mm. time and we tend to go for sort of the um, younger, slightly cheaper option, in my opinion, and then try and develop them. Yeah. Um, and I do feel to a point, if you look at Moyes' career at Everton, where he didn't really throw all that big money, you know, money around yeah. during the, yeah. the transfer market. I know you can argue differently during his time at Man United, but different circumstances that perhaps in that respect, it would have been a good fit. So, he does know yeah. how to get, get a lot out of players as long as they're committed to him. Yeah. But like you say, then we come back to that contradicting ourselves of, is there a glass ceiling when it comes to um, his sort of longevity and where he can take us further? Yeah. Um, and what did you make of how? I think, How's an interesting one for Howell, me. Yeah, I feel like he's very much been on the club's watch list for a while. Yeah. But I would still wait and see. I feel like the transfers uh, that he'd pick, I'd feel like maybe I haven't been too impressed by some of the transfers at Bournemouth. No, they'd be an interesting like summer. There's definitely some year. good ones in there. And yeah, Saints would be a little more guide and push him down that route. But I still feel like Eddie's got a bit to learn. And also, I don't, I don't actually think he would come to Southampton. Just because I feel like he's so part of of Bournemouth and he's really really ingrained into it I think he he just couldn't make that switch maybe in the future when he goes to another job he'd consider coming to Slampton but the, a Bournemouth to Slampton switch I just don't see him yeah I think that. he's perhaps a more long term mm. possibility I think it all depends on Bournemouth's seasons in the next couple of years whether they manage to hold up mm. whether they do end up going down a flight um, I think that from what I understand and from my own personal impression, how would be a good fit in the long term if he yeah. keeps up his sort of record that he has yeah. done? I thought he did very well last season for the, the majority the majority of the year. It was just towards the end yeah. where things started to slip. Admire but by that bravery. point, I feel like yeah. that would be something that would I mean, they took a weak squad yeah. really into that new season. Yeah. Um, Hit with a lot of injuries too. Yeah. And he yeah. came through, he got some fantastic results with an injury ridden squad. I mean, he's very much a, a good manager at getting the best Yeah, out no, I'd agree. Goal, I, I think that there's a long-term possibility with him there. Um, but, as you say, whether we convin can, yeah. can convince him to make the move over here, and I'm not a big fan, I can't say, of taking a local club. I'm not going to call them a rival club because I don't view them <laughs> that way, but a local club, um, you know, and a manager. I'm not a fan of this pinching other managers like I feel like, Cumin, uh, Everton's done with Cumin to us yeah. and you know the same player pinching that perhaps the other clubs like Liverpool and Everton yeah. are doing to us so I can't moan about that and then yeah. we go and do something very similar yeah. along those yeah. lines I'd rather keep so the way we go and then but next name on the list though I just, this one drove me mad for a long time I saw this all over Twitter Klinsman Klinsman oh, would have been the most dreadful appointment do you think? yeah I genuinely I think a lot of people thought about uh, the World Cup that's the one and, thing I thought was and, the World Cup. But, oh my God, it's not something to go by. He is a nightmare manager. He will mix things up. He will get players playing out of position. He has no consistency in his in his picking. You'd never get a set starting lineup. I think he's only. A he main... did say you like to gamble early. Though. I did say oh, I do like <laughs> a gamble, but this guy is just playing with it all. I think he's only ever selected the same uh, squad for USA two times over. The same starting eleven. He's only ever picked twice over. Yeah. Always trouble and changing. He's got wingers playing at right back, right backs playing centre back, and he does this out of his own thoughts, not even through injury sometimes. I think that probably does work in a tournament sort of survival yeah. environment. And he did quite well with them in the last World Cup. Yeah. Um there's been some poor results too. Yeah, there? yeah. And I think like you say, I'm not 
I can't I can't admit that I've, it was definitely my first choice yeah. by any means. Um, and as a long-term project, probably not. Um, so for me, I was kind of glad when we sort of seen the side of that yeah. being pushed away um, from link, you know, being linked with us. But the only other one we have here really to discuss is Rudy Garcia. Mm. Um, he was another one of the favourites, I feel, with the fans. Yeah. Um, they certainly got on board with his ideas yeah. his philosophies and I mean we had a lot of good things about him from previous clubs and sure. talking across online but I mean clearly if he's had had a talk with Reed and Reed doesn't think he's the man then that, in, in my view I've got full faith in that I mean I would, sure. I would hate to know that Reed was appointing someone who he had big thoughts about you know maybe going back home after thinking about it and thought oh I'm really not sure about sure this about that, it. Sure. having a number of ideas and going oh I think I'm going to go with it anyway I would really not be comfortable in letting a manager like that. So that's why I've got so much faith in Peel for this sense. I mean, there's still the chance that it might not work out, but I feel that that is really, really reassuring for me because a lot of clubs, I think, allow themselves their arm to be bent. You know, their hands to be bent around in in situations like this and to be bullied into making a decision. You know, and they should they feel honoured that a bigger manager or someone wants to come, so they do bend their their views and their philosophies. Whereas Reed very much stands strong. And he either says, you either fit this criteria or you're not getting the job. And that, for me, is something that's superb to watch as a fan. And it's really convincing for the future for me. All right, so let's talk some transfers. There's been um, a number of players coming both in and out more currently. As per, as as per, as per, as per always. Yeah, it's a Slampton way. It's going to get used Same to old now. story thing is i'll stop caring to be honest now have you I got think, to that stage yeah two years ago i think i would have had a good old moan and now you know what just accept care. it yeah all right take our players you've go got on, to embrace fine, fine. i'll just <laughs> get excited by all the new players it's a, oh, i don't want to waste my energy being annoyed by it anymore I've, I've had to tell that to a few family members and friends like yeah. people moaning and it's like just shut up really we've, we've had it. we've had like this is like our third season yeah. now with just players coming in and out. Yeah. Surely you're used to it by yeah, now. It's, it's like frustrating. People, it's like people getting back with a girlfriend endlessly who keeps ending it with them. <laughs> like, get over it. It's happened now. It's happened. They've done it the past no, two times. Why are you still on. upset? Let's just, <laughs> let's just move on. But anyway. Let's, so, uh, let, let's get in. Why don't we yeah. first discuss the players going out? Because I yeah. think the players going out and then we can talk about the ones coming in because they kind of tie into some of the positions that we're looking to f- fulfill yeah. with the players going out. So the first couple, mm-hmm. um, the big one for me was Mane going to Liverpool yeah. for sort of between 34 and 36.5 billion is yeah. what I've heard. Yeah, Big loss. Yeah, he is a big loss. Uh, and... I'll only see it as a huge loss if we don't replace and get someone for a like-for-like replacement. I just feel we need someone like Mane, that energy, that buzz, the fact that he could grab a game by the scruff of its neck and win it. He would single-handedly win games yeah. for us sometimes. We've seen performances like that, and he's a superb player on his day. I mean, there's been bad days, but for you know, we, we're only being fickle if we don't act like he's a superb player because he no, is. He's inconsistent, but on his day, that man is one of the player. Yeah. No, I think that's a good point. Um, for me... He definitely wasn't quite as consistent enough to warrant perhaps 35 mm. million. Um, but with the club receiving the money, so I don't yeah, really I mean, overly care. That's a lot of money to receive for a player. Yeah. I mean, he did, like you say, there was games where he'd come on and you'd feel like he's just unstoppable and he'd completely change mm. the situation of a game. The completely Arsenal turned game, that, especially in the, the Liverpool Arsenal, game. Liverpool one, the one that I comes to mind. He was for me. ripping them to shreds on the wing when he's on his day and he gives that knock and run. And he was just ripping defenders. There's, absolute there's pieces. He's like a joy it. to watch when he's in when he's in that form. But like you say, 
at the moment, looking at the transfer coming in list, I know um, obviously we've brought in Redmond from Norwich for £10 million. Pounds. Mm. Um, I don't currently view him as the first team replacement, perhaps. No, I, don't. I think he's a long-term project that they yeah. want to try and develop into yeah. a Mane-like player, yeah. if not a more, even more attacking yeah. central forward in, player. Yeah, in my eyes, he's not the Mane replacement. In no. my eyes, he was an addition to the squad, and that's what I like. I really want. I really hope that we follow through and spend maybe up to twenty, twenty-five million on another winger. Do you think we're going to do that though? I've got I, to I, say, I think we might spend fifteen, up to fifteen. I really hope we do go for another winger. I just feel like if if Redmond gets one injury, then that's all our pace from the from the wings gone. Then I yeah. feel that, that that's that's that finished. And I really hope because. It's even better for Redmond there because it's quite unfair on him to expect that much. From Sadio Mane to Redmond, I think he will be brilliant. I think we're going to see some superb stuff from Redmond. But I, don't, I think it's unfair to chuck that much pressure on him to perform up to Mane's standard from last year. Yeah, no, I'd agree with that. I think there's a lot there for me potential-wise for Redmond mm. in the sort of long-term future, like we were saying. Um, I'm not sure he is the sort of current replacement I think he is a development but I'm not convinced we're going to really throw big money at a Mane replacement in all honesty yeah. with you I think we'll bring somebody in but I don't know if we're going to throw 20, 25 yeah. million player I just, pounds I just really I just, we just need that Mane replacement we I, just do I feel need like we should spend that money on a yeah. replacement um, but then again who would you go for if you if you were sat in the budget room with the transfer there. fees. Well, there's a couple of players that I've had on my mind and the one kind of player that I think, well, I think Mane would have suited the system perfectly, um, Peel's system, because he really likes his two strikers uh, getting into the channels, so between the full-back and the centre-backs, and that's something Mane was excellent at. He could operate on the wing and up top, and he was a goal scorer. He would sure. get goals, Mane. He gets in dangerous positions, and that's the kind of player we need. So for me, you know, I, th I imagine he would cost a bit of money, uh, but I think with maybe 20 million, just a bit less, a player like Carlos Vea would be superb for me. He can operate on the wing. He always plays on the inside and internationally as well, plays for, for Sociedad up, up top as well. And I feel like that's the kind of player we need, someone with a bit more of a raw quality, guaranteed goals that when you get him in a nice position, yeah. he will bury it. I feel like Vea would suit that perfectly. There was talks about Jesse Rodriguez, which I thought from the start was ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, he is... On, he's had multiple brilliant games for Madrid, and if he can perform at that level, he will be going to a team above. But a player like that, in that mould, that's a winger slash forward, can play in that system. And I think few teams actually play players like that in the position that they love. So I feel like we'd be a good advantage if we did go to speak to them and say, look, we want to play you next to a striker and we want you getting in these areas. I think a player like Vea would be very interested in taking up that role. Yeah, no, I mean, I think with, with Mane, he offered us a few different things when he was on his day. Um, he offered us that pace that mm. I don't think many others in the team truly can match. Yeah. Um, we played. He played on the left. He played behind the striker. Yeah. He partnered the striker and he played on the right. Well, there was, there was games where I remember we would stick uh, Mane out on the wing with long up top and we'd mm. end up just exploiting slower back fours. Mm. Um, purely just powering by with the, the speed of our players um, but you've also got Mane can cut inside and you know slightly I feel more control the game mm. in that respect and bring more people forward um, as he's powering forward with the ball um, and trying to replace someone like that I think is going to be a difficult task yeah. to do he's got a very rare skill set just born natural yeah. ability to just drive at a defence uh, and I think Redmond on the ball 
I've been really impressed by his ability. I think he's a more controlled player on the ball. I think he's definitely got greater control of it. I think he's going to be a little smarter in possession too. I feel like Mane's biggest problem was his decision-making. I feel Redmond's very much a player that can thrive in a system. Sure. I feel like he's really comfortable on the ball. I don't think he's got the same finishing touch as Mane, but let's be honest, Mane as a winger has got a superb finishing touch. I mean, every player misses chances, and every club will say their biggest and best players miss chances. Mane obviously does. It's just standard for a player. But his goal tally, you can't deny that no. his goal tally is superb. And for a winger, that that is some crucial goals that he can bring aside. Well, he did get a number of goals over the time here. I've got the stat... Um, written down, he's got 21 goals and 54 appearances That's over this. Ridiculously good for you know, a winger. I mean, that is a lot of goals we're going to miss mm. when you think about it over over time. Um, so I would like to see a suitable replacement come in. Mm. Um, I think it'd be quite naive to think that we can go on and repeat near last year without a replacement. Definitely. I do feel we need that replacement. I mean, there's a point where you can continue to train players as well as you can, but sometimes you need to replace raw quality. Yeah. And I feel like losing Mane and not bringing another player around that mix would be would be stupid. Yeah, and I mean, it goes back to the point I was making earlier in the show that we have more games than ever. Mm. So, and, and you spoke about injuries potentially to Redmond. It does leave us limited if we don't mm, bring in someone else. Because so. um, I, I don't want to see Shane Long on the wing. No. I mean, once we see him up front and how well he can play there, why why would you ever want him to go on the exactly. wing again when he can perform so well in a central role? Let's move on, though, to some of the other departures from yep. the club. Um, a big one, personally, for, for me was Wanyama mm. going to Spurs for a reported £11 million. Yeah. I feel la- to my overriding thought was last year it's a big loss in the system that Coleman plays. But I feel like he just wouldn't have fitted in under... I feel like no. this is also ties in with Pella. Fantastic player, but was he right for us this year? No, I don't think under Pule at all. I think Wanyama would have, his passing is too sloppy to build from the back. Um, I feel like he wouldn't have been able to link up with the centre halves well enough. Um, and I feel like he'd have been left, if he doesn't have a partner, I feel like he can make some really rash challenges. And when he's playing in this diamond formation, he's not got a partner. He's got to have two in front of him, but I feel like he would be. He's not the biggest loss. I feel like Romeu, we need that ball-playing ability from DM, and I think Romeu this year will pull out a role better than when Yama would have been able to this year. See, for me, he was definitely one of the key players last year, yeah, and I think agreed. there was some stats, and I unfortunately don't have them to hand, that showed our sort of peaks with Wanyama in the team. And when he went through... I think did he pick up a minor injury and also yeah the red card suspension red card suspensions yeah. which there was quite a number of and there was <laughs> to say the least yeah um, there was quite a number of games where he wasn't playing and we were performance wise definitely poorer mm. and I don't think we I think we conceded more goals and we um, also didn't score as many but like you say does Wanyama fit into this new system perhaps not Romeo yeah. maybe able to take that ball forward yeah. a bit better I think I think Wanyama is the better player yeah definitely but I think Romeo for this system but then Wanyama is, is a more polished product already yeah. I mean he has been playing football at a decent level first team for quite a By while managers now managers who really like him yeah that's strong favouritism every yeah. manager that's played with him has really would you mess with a guy like that? What's the pun? Would you mess with a guy like Wanyama? Oh, no, not a you chance. Yeah. It. <laughs> tell it, yeah, you're not in the side today, Wanyama. God, yeah. wouldn't, I wouldn't like doing the same to Romeo, to be fair, either. No, this is true. But I think Romeo could be... Um, and he was always the long-term replacement, from what I understand, mm. for Wanyama. 
Um, but he seems to be really enjoying his football at Saints mm. at the moment. I've seen in the he's preseason. Fan favorite. Yeah, he's got to be one of the biggest fan favorites um, in the squad. And he's moved away from Chelsea to get first team football, which is something I like the commitment from. Yeah. Um, I feel like so, he loves it. He loves. Yeah, he, he enjoys playing. It. He's passionate, and it's it's the the Bertrand effect. Yeah, and I think it's also a bit of what Nathan Redmond's been given too. Like they've they've recognised how much they're going to appreciate playing for an organised club who knows how to play nice football, and they genuinely appreciate it. They genuinely are enjoying their football, yeah. and that's a cool thing to see. Slampton being able to give sides, I think, sure. more teams should look at picking up the the scraps off of the big teams more often because they, you know, it's just a ridiculous amount of talent in the big clubs. Sometimes don't be put off that they're, you know, not starting. There's a lot of talent in those yeah. big clubs that is just going to waste, and Saints have proved that perfectly I'm with, with Romeo and up. I mean, there's a couple of other departures. Pella being one that you spoke about earlier. Um, he's gone off to China. Mm. I thought that was a good bit of business I for us. It was a fantastic bit of business. I mean, we, I didn't, was, we didn't lose any money on him. It was such a happy transfer as well. I yeah, mean, everyone's everyone seemed pleased. Yeah, yeah. Like, China have, have Pella. Pella's going to go live the life. This he's guy's going to live uh, the millionaire life. Fourth or fifth richest oh, he's player. Loving it. He's absolutely well. loving it as well. That's I'm, not bad, I'm happy is it? for him. And then we found out the amount of money we got from it that can be reinvested. And he wasn't even going to fit the system. No. Pure didn't even want him. And that's that's fine. Like, he's too slow. He wouldn't have been able to play off in the right way. Um, in the two-man up-top system, he wouldn't be able to get in behind. And that quite simply didn't make him fit. And all I say to Pella is like, you know, thank you, thank you for the times here. Brilliant times. And yeah. On your way. I, I found much, his inconsistency and his constant moaning on a bad yeah. day when the ball wouldn't be played directly to him. Yeah. Frustrating to watch. Yeah. Um, on his day, he could be a really world-class footballer, I felt. Yeah. Um, almost unbeatable in the air. Yeah, he went on his and day. You just he, he, was, he was a true athlete at points. But I also feel like there was a lot of time, and he's similar to Mane in that sense of that there was a lot of games where he just felt he didn't... It just wasn't He, he just looked non-existent mm. on the pitch. The flicks. Um, oh, the, oh, oh, the Don't flicks. bring about the flicks. That, that's <laughs> night, the stuff of nightmares. Um, so we've, we've, we've mentioned Mane, we've mentioned Wanyama, and we've mentioned Pella. They're the three big departures for me this mm. season. Um, that is a lot of goals between them. Yeah. Um, I believe it's over 30 last season. Yeah. Um, we have brought in, obviously we mentioned Redmond. We've brought in Pierre-Emile Hoiberg from Bayern Munich, yeah, who we're going to get on to in a minute. Mm. Um, he's from Bayern Munich, obviously on a £12.5 million yeah. pound deal. Um, we've brought in a goalkeeper backup option in Alex McCarthy from Crystal Palace. Um, and that's rumoured yep. to be between two and four million pounds. And Jeremy Pierre, which we were practicing our uh, French pronunciations yep. earlier on, uh, was a free. Thank you very much. Um, <laughs> but those just overriding, looking at those uh, incoming transfers, doesn't scream many goals to me currently. No. Not not thirty five or whatever you have plus a season yeah. that we've lost in Pella Mane mm. when that's what I'm, I think I've still got hope. That that signing is going to come sure. in. I do think the club, in previous years, they've always identified where we've got to get goals in, and they've always made sure to do that. I think getting four signings in so far, when you think about it, a long-term winger, a starting central midfielder from Bayern Munich, I mean, what do you make a backup of... keeper and a backup right back? We've plugged four gaps there. I feel like we're getting business done quick, and I'm sure there's there's got. Yeah, to be more I mean, it done. seems thoughtful and more, um, quite a bit more. Well, thoughtful is the word that I want to use because it's. There's a lot of other clubs I feel that might be just firing money around a bit yeah. with any sort of name value player. Really Middlesbrough, Middlesbrough seem to be that team to me. And I, don't get me wrong, I think they made some good transfers, but 
I think they could also be just throwing the money around whilst players are possible are a possibility to come to them. Yeah. Whereas we seem to be taking a more relaxed um, overview approach of bringing those players in. Mm. What do you make of Hoiberg from from Bayern Munich? I've I've, I've been impressed in what mm. I've seen. What role do you think he's going to fill though? And and do you think that he is slotting straight into that first team? Well, I, I think from the start, Pierre thought that he could play Hoiberg in the deep deep line role at the base of the diamond. I think he's kind of come to realise that that just can't happen. I, I mean, think R- Romeo might fit. I there. think Romeo's got to fit there. I think in English football, you're you're naive if you think that you can't s- start a big destroyer. You need one, and I think that's that's exactly who we need in Romeo. And I think Hoiberg is fantastic on the ball. He can dictate a game. His dribbling is exceptional. The run that he made the other night against Espanyol was beautiful. He picked it up from his own half, beat four or five players absolutely selling them and he sees space and he's, he thinks and he's like I'm going for this I'm going. For, I'm getting through that gap he's already won a penalty and I've seen about five individual runs that are just absolutely beautiful I think in front of a player like Romeo he's always looking to find space always looking to pick up the ball and he's driving forward so I'm, I'm a big fan of uh, Hoiberg so far yeah I mean I can't say I know a whole ton about him uh, about him as a player mm. or I've seen much of him other than what I've seen in the pre-season and obviously the YouTube clips mm. that fire around um he got a lot of praise from Guardiola at Man, mm. uh, not at Man City, at Bayern Munich. Um, he struggled to break into the first team, yeah. which is no exact yeah, great feat when no you've insult. got yeah. Schweinsteiger, <laughs> Cruz, and a number of others in oh, their peak. A ridiculous amount of players. Um, but Guardiola was very complimentary about the player. Um, so, to me, from what I've seen and what I've heard. He seems like a very That's good promising. fit. And he looks like he can play a couple of different positions. Yeah. Like you say, I think originally um, we were probably looking at him playing mm. him in a deeper role. But I think he might be a answer to playing a more attacking role, bringing the yeah. ball forward, picking it up in mm. midfield. I'm a big fan. I'm really been... I think it's the end of Saints playing the ball. It's definitely the end of Saints playing two destructive midfielders, yeah. which I'm quite happy about in ways. I think there's more attractive football to be had from this. Um, I think we also at get the very moment dull with two defence midfielders have a solid core defence maybe not so much when you start looking at the backup options which we'll mm. get onto in a minute but if you think Bertrand um, Cedric Fonte Cedric and Fonte yeah. just two two people won the Euros in defence and um, obviously Van Dijk who I believe is world class as well yeah. I think that's one of the most stable Saints defences we've had in a long time yeah. um, and all of these players are now coming into their yeah. prime if not I mean Jeremy is coming that. in as well at back up for right back too so I think we're absolutely sound at the I, back I am I have to admit hoping to see the end of Martina yeah me too sure. and, I and think he's, he's he's good performances that he had were all due to just playing in a system he was told to just run and very little was to do with ability I feel yeah. like he, We'll say thank you to Martina, but I, do we want to keep him any longer? I don't want to whatsoever. Do you bring in another backup defender if, if you're perhaps a centre back? And that's centre back. That's what that's my thought, thoughts were. But I don't know what sort of centre back we'll be targeting then. Mm. That, that's I the hope issue. For maybe a young centre back. But then would we not be looking to develop one through the youth? Yeah, Jason McCarthy. Perhaps. I mean, I know he's gone straight back out on loan. He's headed out to Walsall. But he's a, he's a good player. He impressed very much in in League Two at the age of eighteen, which is quite yeah. quite a, you know a feat for that. There's a lot of big strong forwards down in those leagues. So he's getting some good experience at the age of eighteen. We're going to struggle to bring in a I think a much more reliable 
second team or you know replacement substitute mm. centre back than Yoshida in all honesty yeah. with you because generally speaking people don't want to come and play on the you know come to sit on the bench yeah. especially not when they're no. they believe that they're good that's why um, I, think, I think we very much got a target if we're going to we've either got to go for the much older market and mm-hmm. get someone who's happy to just pick up a pace slip at the latest stage in their career which I'm not a fan of personally no. or a younger talent and I feel like I, th- I feel like we should just take a gamble on a younger talent. I mean, we got Gardos coming back. We'll wait and see. He's been out for a long time I mean, with injuries. That guy's always injured, though, isn't he? Yeah, just, I, I'm injuries. not convinced that... And I, I'd Maybe heard it just wasn't day. the right yeah. time. Mm. Um, but I know what you're saying. We could go down the younger route or we could go, go down the older route like Celtic have gone with Colo Torre, yeah. bringing in an experienced Experience, figurehead right. just yeah. for a season to cover... A short-term um, you know, fix, yeah. Um, so I mean I and I hate to keep going back to it there's a lot more games this year mm. so perhaps depending on what our ambitions are I mean all in you need one injury and you're starting Mario Yoshida for a while exactly I mean, it's very it's very plausible that two centre-backs who play a very strong style of play going through the back of people could get injured it's oh, very easily. very plausible I'm, they're going to pick up at least one injury throughout this season with a number of games I mean Van, you can't expect Van Dijk and Fonte to start every it's inevitable you can't expect that partnership to play every three four days no so no, not at all it's got to be got to be sorted out there um, so you know I think from that point of view I, I think we can both agree that there's definitely still players to come in mm. um, whether I think there's going to be a ton more to come in I'm not sure yeah. if you had to put a number on how many more players we bring in um, before the end of the transfer window? What would you say is right now? For me, it's probably only two. Two. I can't see three more. Perhaps a loan deal one on the last day. Of the and one uh, yeah, perhaps a loan deal. Something like that would be would be quite helpful. A loan deal at centre back would be a very. Yeah. That'd be. I feel like that would be a nice option. Um, but there's only so many players about and. For off the top of my head, I, I I can't think of many sense backs on a loan deal that no. are worthwhile for that. I, I think mean, we'll wait and see. I mean, the one thing I do want is that Mane replacement. That yeah. money's guaranteed. A goal scorer number ten, perhaps. But we'll come on to that later in the show. <laughs> we got our examples there. But I feel like two, two more players. No, I'd agree I'd with be, that. I'd be comfortable with two more. Very briefly, thoughts on McCarthy. I, I do like him. I'm a big fan. Good of, backup uh, option, isn't it? Yeah, I do feel like it's a good good backup option. I feel well. It's a big improvement for the first time in a few years. We've got a, a backup keeper who doesn't make you want to shoot yourself when they're <laughs> on the pitch. Like, let's be honest. I mean, Gazaniga had some howlers, and Davis. I love the bloke, but he was past it in the time he shouldn't have been playing in the Premier League at that point. Um, I feel like McCarthy's got a lot to learn. I feel like he's definitely makes a lot of uh, some stupid errors. Uh, I've noticed in the past, and even now, he leaves his front post open a lot. Um, near post open to a lot of, a lot of people but with someone like Dave Watson he's going to drill that out of him yeah I no I think it's a very promising move for McCarthy I'd be very happy if I was McCarthy yeah no I'd so agree I think if this you're going to sit on the bench you want to sit on the bench and learn from someone like Dave Watson who's in the England setup. there's a bit a lot of room for elevation there's room for games as well yeah, with the, the the prospect of all the, the cups and competitions we're playing in this year I mean we're going to try and keep this segment you know a bit more brief um, but just touching on some of the other players that have gone briefly, Wanmi goes back to Real Sociedad yeah. for, I believe, half of what we paid, which is about £3.75 million. Um, never really understood that move. No. Um, apparently something was up because he hardly got a game. Mm. Um, I The one time I did see him play um, like was in the Vitesse game and at home. that beautiful chip. Yeah, and basically saved the game from being a bit edgy in the we, second We bought a player play. who plays very much a system game, a second striker, floats in the role, 
and we knew he was weak. And I think we, to be honest, that was a, a quite a, a poor decision yeah. to sign a player who's so much a system player and to not play him in the system. To me, it's just mindless. Yeah, but, although so be it, I can't imagine him ever leading a line in the Premier League no. as a second player. Yeah, he's useful. And you watch in La Liga where, you know, they, you know, lots of the time managers are given bare bones and they've got very little money available to them and they always work the best way to use their players and they use them efficiently there. Sure. Coleman, I mean, as we said earlier, not getting the best out of his players sometimes, didn't think to try that at all. Um, I, it didn't work out for Kwame. He wasn't happy. I heard he wasn't happy for a while. And fair enough, let him go. He'd had enough of a horrible time. I don't think he had anything to prove to himself at no. that point. I feel fair enough. Go on, on your way and enjoy your move. No, I agree. Moving on, though, Ramirez, Gaston Ramirez, um, basically complete disaster for us, I'd say. Yeah. Um, he joins, he was released, um, one of our most highly paid uh, players as well, yeah. which is quite scary. Um, he joins Middlesbrough permanently on a new deal. He obviously mm. played um, on loan out there and had quite a successful end to their playoff run and indeed, eventual indeed. promotion. A big, big part of them. Scoring goals endlessly, creating chances, and he, I mean, he had a direct effect in for one point in tw- over twelve games. I think he was directly involved in eleven goals over twelve. It's just games, for me, so he was so around. lazy. That was his yeah. big problem. Was that body language was wrong? Just, sometimes. Yeah, he and got he a just tackle and would, he would no, no, nowhere near yeah. trying to get back to to winning the ball. Mm. Um, but I do wish him all the best, and I hope that works out from that. Um, I'd love to see him score goals in the Premier League. I'd as long as they're like, not against us. Yeah, yeah. Don't do That's inevitable, us, by the way. Oh, oh, it will I, be. I'm almost tempted kick. to put money on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A Ramirez free kick against us. Um, obviously, Calvin Davis retired, and mm. um, we won't really dwell on that because that's been done to death. Um, he, I think he believe, I believe he joins um, the management team as. That's lovely to see. He's got some nice sort role. of role been, yeah, I'm, in the I'm club. Delighted about that. Head of development or something mm. like that. Um, Jason McCarthy, like you mentioned, he goes out on loan to Walsall. Um, and then we've got a number of new contract deals. Um, Shane Long signs a four-year deal. Big Forster business. and Van Dyke mm. sign five-year deals. And uh, Davis and JWP both yeah. extend their contracts to, I believe, four or five years. Yeah. Um, it's nice to see the British core as well yeah, tying it's a it good... down and making sure... That we're bringing more of those players in as well. It's it's very very promising. So. Yeah, I was pleased to see all of them resign, um, and in particular Forster and Van Dyke, mm. who I both believe are going to go yeah. for big money in the future, probably. Yeah. Um, I feel so, Shane Long. I was so happy about that. I feel like Shane Long's. Just yeah, that was an interesting one to me. Yeah, he understands the club. He absolutely adores us. I feel like he's playing. He knows he's playing his best football here. I think he's quite a realistic player too. That he realizes that he should pay it back and stay longer and enjoy it whilst he's got it here and he's not got carried away um, which is delightful to see to be honest he's sure. an absolute pleasure to have on playing for your side he's, he's such a lovable player no I'd agree with that and I think that you know it's good to see us as much as we've lost some key players we've tied down some others mm. um, that were you know as I say key in the squad last year um, so for me that that part part of the transfer market if we accept the fact that um, Mane and, and Wanyama mm. were almost certain likely to go and we didn't really have any damage to us done with Pella we didn't lose any money no. um, but it goes back to what I was saying earlier with you is that I feel we now need to kind of just bolster our options up front mm. I'm still not convinced by um, Austin Long and um, Rodriguez, Rodriguez as our as our front mm. three I, and Rodriguez to me is an interesting one because Rodriguez, I'm not even sure if he's ever going to recover. I think he's a complete gamble. Um, Austin has always been injury prone, as good a player as he is. I know he's had a full pre-season under his belt, 
but whether that continues into this new season, we just don't know. Long, to me, it goes back to what we were saying earlier again, is that he can sometimes be a little bit lost mm. um, in games, I find. If he is, things aren't going his way, mm. um, he can look a little bit lost out there. Yeah. But otherwise, he can be a really effective feel, player. Yeah, I feel Shane's going to fit into this system very well, though. I feel like he's going to get a fair fair share of his goals yeah. he's really pushed on over the past his development rate has been ridiculous I feel like he's a changed player from that of two years yeah. ago he's gone to a whole other it's a new player his, his technical ability is so much better he's improved far more his first touch has gone up another level his confidence to take players on um, he doesn't shank his shots and crosses as much as he used to we still get the odd Shane Long P-roller from time <laughs> yeah. to time but so be it that's the way it is but no I've, I've been absolutely delighted with Shane I think he's, he's going to have a good season but Jay definitely for me is is the worry. Yeah, and, and I mean when you if you take out Rodriguez out of that mm. um, discussion there, it leaves us with two strikers mm. technically, doesn't it? Mm. Because we're not brought in that replacement like we mentioned earlier. Mm. We've got two strikers that are both slightly injury prone, one more than the other to me. Mm. Um, I feel Long does pick up knocks here and there, mm. um, and I'm not convinced that's going to last as the less. Yeah length of the season yeah. Gallagher is obviously an option on the bench but I'd expect him to go out on loan yeah. um, but he has been playing some of those um, pre-season fixtures as well hasn't so he who knows who knows I don't personally don't feel he's good enough but we'll wait and yeah, see yeah touch and go wait yeah. and see um, so you know other than that there's not a lot going on coming in and out there's a couple of rumours doing the circulation um, on the obviously the news sites, Twitter, what have you. Mm. Um, the big one for me is Fonte possibly going out. Mm. Um, I'm Everton. There's not a chance no. that's ever going to happen. But no. I feel United with the agents. I would say there's a little chance. I, I think there wrong, is. I think Fonte would be interested because it's Mourinho. It's a legend of his own country. Um, I feel like it's a big a move for him. Worry. Yeah, I, I just wonder whether he'd start as well because with Chris Smalling and. See, I don't rate Smalling at all. Mm. I'm not. I, I and from what I understand, speaking to um, a couple of Man United fans and listening in on the radio and stuff, uh, Mourinho is really looking for an experienced figurehead mm. in the back, and Fonte might just bring that. Mm. Um, so, I mean, he had a very good European Championship. He won the tournament, mm. um, which is something no one ever thought. I'd be a very. I'd be very shocked if United were to bench Smalling after how much he's. Yeah, he has been in English too. This is and true. Core, I thought I'd be very shocked, even though. Yeah, but then it is Mourinho. Without, yeah, Mourinho yeah. does. He does surprising what he wants. Things, <laughs> so um, he does what he wants to win. Yeah, and and to me, I, I'm not completely non-concerned if that makes sense. In that, I do slightly worry that he might go. Yeah. Um, if I had to put money on it, I'd say he probably does stay. But yeah. there is a thought in the back of my mind that Fonte perhaps does go as well. Of, of Mendes, yeah, there's yeah, being able to get his way. Who knows? We'll Who knows? Was there any other transfer rumours coming in or out that you wanted to speculate about or There's talk on? None as such because Sampson are a nightmare because they keep everything thing quiet, which I love. I love about it when we get the player announced, but in the times where you're wanting to find out and there's nothing online, and you can go from the hashtag SaintsFC, hashtag try and find any news, there's nothing online. No. And very most of the time it's, it's absolutely lies. But just to quickly touch on a couple of players that have been rumoured with us, you know, Buffal would be an excellent signing. I feel like he'd take up that number ten role beautifully mm-hmm. for our side. That'd be that'd be a big addition. I feel like that's the kind of uh, statement that would be superb for fans. They'd be delighted with that. Hakim Ziyech of FC Twenty Two. I feel like that would be brilliant. I feel like he could easily get ten plus goals. That'd be adding the goals that we've so desired and mentioned earlier. Carlos Vela as well. That'd be some key goals uh, that would make for for the Mane replacement 
making up for those Palace goals too. Any of those signings, I would be absolutely delighted. Uh, two of those would be just ridiculous. I would be very happy with those, but we'll wait and see. Stampton keep things under wraps, and God knows what's going on behind there, but I'm, I'm certain that they've got it to a decent stage. I'm sure they're working and speaking to uh, the player and their agent now. All right, let's talk some of the um, pre-season games that we had. We're going we're gonna to go for just a general outlay on how you felt the pre-season games that we've played so far, bearing in mind we've still got one at the time of recording to play on Sunday. Mm -hmm. That's against Atletico Bilbao. But I can't admit I've seen all of the games. You've seen, I believe, all of them. All of them. Yeah. Um, what have you generally made out of what you have seen? Who's impressed? Who haven't you been impressed so much by? And what do you take away from them? Well, so far I've taken away that we are learning the role far better. We're learning what's demand, pure's demanding. I feel like the players are starting to get a better grip. They're generally in better positions now. At the start, you'd see, say, a player would pick up the ball and you see a other midfielder thinking, oh, God, I should have been five yards back there. You know, you can notice, you see them scurry across. The wingers are getting used to it. So generally, they're getting a better understanding. Um, we're seeing some nicer style of play simply because the players are learning where they're meant to be more often. Um, and I feel Espanyol, I was really impressed over the first half. I feel like the result won or it doesn't matter. You know, no. results mean nothing. And to me, it was really promising in the areas that certain players took up. Um, and the annoying thing is, the one that worry I do, one annoying thing I find about pre-season is giving games to players who point blank will not play at all this it. season. So I do get quite annoyed when Lloyd Isgrove comes on the pitch. Because yeah. to me, it's just God, like he's not going to start. We're not going to start. It's a waste so of time. To I'd me, agree. it's a waste of time, and it's a waste of a player being on the pitch. But I may, I maybe the other players are so you know he doesn't want to overdrive them. You know, use them too much. And where the only thing the I, I think you could argue with that is that perhaps he's looking and just isn't that familiar with the team at all, especially yeah. the development team. So perhaps even though he's been told this guy's not going to make it, he wants to just. Try yeah, and just see for his too. own sort of certainty in mind, yeah. but I'm not sure. Yeah, and I think um, in players that have impressed me over preseason, I think Redmond has, has shown a lot. He's been the I've one seen for me. Some lovely footwork, two well taken goals as well. And he could have grabbed himself a goal against Espanyol too. He was very good against sure. uh, against them. Uh, I think James Ward Prowse. We're seeing the best out of him. His best attributes. So we're seeing he's you know they put him in all set pieces, and his set pieces have been even better over preseason. They're looking delightful. Um, the passes, the positions he's getting in, when he, whenever he's picking the ball up, he's under less pressure um, because of the system and the way that it works in that you've got other midfielders working around, drawing players out of position. So Prousey's picking them up in nicer areas, hitting a lot of diagonal balls, which I'm loving. Um, Romeo's impressed me in the holding role. He's also had some worrying moments where he's a little rash in his decisions at passing back sometimes. You know, Espanyol, he made a, a bad header backwards, but that's to... That's something you learn when you're playing sure. by yourself in that role there. He's learning at playing by himself in the defensive midfield role. Uh, I think Classy, he's got a buzz about him again. And at the start, he seemed very lightweight. But when I'm watching him, when he's got Romeo behind him, he's sprinting and chasing after everything. He's looking mental. So I was absolutely loving that. I yeah. was loving seeing this little grit about him. This is what I was hoping I'd see from Classy. I was hoping more ankle clips, more, you know, like being yeah. a real pest on the pitch. So it's better to see he's maybe coming to terms with English football. Uh, my, little, my only worry over pre-season is if Puel maybe believes in his system a little too much and plays Hoiberg at defence midfield. That's my one worry. I hope he plays him in a more advanced role, simply because just in the Premier League, I feel 
he'd leave him too open. And Hoiberg can't really tackle. He's, no, he's that... a stronger figure and he's quite tall, but his tackling ability, I feel you, just, you need a Romeo there. Someone yeah. sweeps up and goes, okay, now Hoiberg or James or Prowse, you take it. Yeah, advance on the ball. Let me sit back. And that's what I like in Romeo. He's a good passer of the ball too, but I mean, when you've got the option of Hoiberg or Davis or Ward Prowse spraying the ball, I'd pick them over them, him any day. So I hope Hoiberg's given more freedom also so then we see the better role of him. Um, but I think Pules recognised that after starting against Espanyol with Romeo there. Um, and there's a lot of promising things to take from pre-season, I feel. I think there's some lovely football and hoofball's gone, that's for sure. Yeah. I know last season there were some points where we had to watch some dire football. There was a, a five, six game point uh, over Christmas where it was hoofball up to Pella. And I grew sick of watching that, to be honest. That was a complete twist around from what Stampton's all about. And under Puel, I don't think I've seen a single mindless long ball. The only long balls I've seen are when, you know, you see Shane making a dangerous run round. Sure. And that's not mindless. That's because it's the best option on show. Yeah. You know? Whereas sometimes Coman's would be, I'm under a pressure at the back. Should we just smack it up to Pella? Yeah, go Let's for it. You know, it. Smack up to Pella, hope someone makes a run onwards. And that, to me, was more mindless. So I'm really encouraged not seeing that. And I feel that's more far more fitting to the Southampton way of football. No, I'd agree with that. I think from what I've seen, I mean, the... the the competition that we've been playing has been quite varied as well. So I think that's one good thing. Um, you know, just to name a few, we've had obviously DC United out on the yeah. Under Armour Tour. Um, then we played Twente, Gronigan, Espanyol, and then we've got Atletico Bilbao. So we've had. Bilbao will be a good test. I want to see Fonte start yeah. in that game, I feel. I think we've had a nice, varied kind of styles of football mm. we play uh, to play against. And um, for me, there's been some promising signs from. Redmond in particular, who I wasn't too sure about when we first brought him in. He's changed a lot of people's minds. Minds, I think he looks like he... And and he's been playing him in a more attacking role than I think Mm. previously, and he looks a bit sharper. Mm. It's been a couple of nice interlinking plays. Yeah. Mm. Um, So for me, the the, the pre-season has been fairly successful. Obviously, Sunday's still to come. Um, But, you know, he's got a good test of... Or he's been able to see mm. who we've, you know, what what our team is like, what individual players are like. It's been a, it's been a lot of swapping over of entire teams yeah. at half time. Like it's a nice build up as well. Sure. I mean, we started with some lower quality sides so that we can get the ideas and be a little more expressive. Yeah. And then as you're going on, I mean, imagine getting thrown with an athletic Bilbao who was so drilled. They played the same system for years. Imagine playing them in your first pre-season sure. game. That would have been a horrible show simply because we wouldn't have known our new system. There's a lot to learn. So we're getting, you know, more to the basics. If we can yeah. show some good football against Athletic Bilbao, and that's that's all I'm, I care about in pre-season, to be honest. As long as it's not stupid mistakes and we're playing nice football and I can see that the players are learning and players are getting the best out of them, that's all that matters to me it's in pre-season. It's a development process, it? don't matter. I think that's yeah. just what you've got to come to realise. And I know many teams, I mean, Chelsea won the league when they lost every game in, nearly in their pre-season in the year before that. And we remember Man United's pre-season under Van Gaal. People were expecting... Big things. Yeah, they were expecting that you know, like Holland at, at the World Cup to be playing like that, and look how dreadful that was. I mean, they beat Madrid, they beat in every team. It doesn't results don't matter. It's all no. about what you're seeing and what the players are learning, and whether they can trans transfer that. And that's what, certainly that's all it's about. Let's move on then, just to some closing thoughts and comments. Um, firstly, on where you see us finishing in the table, um, and take into consideration. Um, how other teams are, you know, in the league are sort of doing their business currently. Obviously, at the time of recording, is could be a slightly changed perspective once we come mm. to 
the first game of the week, yeah. um, the first game of the Premier League. Um, but w- what are you thinking currently in the moment? I think without a new signing of a Mane replacement, we're looking around the ninth region. Yeah. Just because I feel that that will still be attractive football and it'll be good. But sometimes, yeah, as I said earlier, you can make the system as good as you want, but you still need the good enough players to bury sure. those chances. You know, you can fashion the chances for them, but if they're not being taken and not being created enough, then that's the way it is if you haven't got high enough quality players. With uh, a Mane-type player, I feel like we could go to another level. Sure. Um, maybe seventh. I just feel... It, I, it, I'd really struggle seeing us finishing above a Liverpool. Uh, like we're not going to finish above City, not finishing above Chelsea, United, even Arsenal. Arsenal still performed to that consistent level. They've had Benga so long. Even yeah. if they have a bad season, it's probably going to be a fifth place, even though I do think they would get Champions League. Um, so for me, a seventh... I think that's a positive outlook on it. I don't know if many of our fans would probably currently think that highly of us. Um, I think currently we'll probably finish more around the 10th, 11th mark. But then... And what will be be your reason for that? Just based on the... I think, A, we're still lacking some uh, sort of power going forward when it comes to backup options mm. I'm not convinced by Long and Austin as the core front two I'm just not being by them two either and, and I, when I say that I don't mean that as in them being the first two players in the squad I just mean as in there's so many games and they're so injury prone as players and their fitness can be one of those things that mm. you could take it out of them and that can affect yeah. our goal scoring ability I do feel like we need another player to partner Long um but I'm not also convinced that perhaps as well as a, an attacking winger that can come in and play f- up front, we perhaps need another person to drive the ball mm. forward and give us a bit something a bit more creative. Mm. And perhaps that's what we want Hoiberg to end up doing. But then it's gambling on someone quite young with yeah. relatively little experience yeah. um, when it comes to first-team high-level football. But then again, we're still a couple of weeks out and we still could make some big signings. And then again, it's Southampton too. That's what you've got to think. I mean, <laughs> this we've is said true. it over the past two years. It's, you've got to, there's that reason to Mentality, we've beaten, yeah, we've beaten upset, you know, upset so many teams by breaking I what think, should, in theory, happen in football. Sure. And, and one thing, though, I do think we need to make a point of is that we are... Um, last season was kind of probably a fluke in that everyone had such a poor season it slightly elevated us mm. but then if we'd have picked up another couple of wins would have been in the Champions League yeah. so it's a difficult case to argue mm. um, but I'm, I feel for certain this year that the teams that in particular performed really poorly last year so your Chelsea your Man United yeah. um, yeah. Liverpool I feel like they've got too many good I f- managers I think that there's going to be a mass improvement this year mm. um, I think in the upper, in the higher sides I feel mid-table though I mean, lots of people say, oh, look at blah, 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 mid-table, look how much they've improved. Look, sure. at, look at that. But, I mean, every year, teams have technically pretty much improved because they've got new signings yeah. in. So, but lots of the time, we forget how many managers get sacked in a mm. Premier League season. We forget how many players have issues, how many get a long-term injury, and how many... There's going to be a number of sides this year, at least five sides, that heavily disappoint. And there's going to yeah. be at least five managers who will get sacked. So that's the... I mean, I feel Southampton are so controlled and so balanced and so well run over the past few years that I just can't see us not continuing to perform at this set level that we've reached ourselves I don't think we will break into a high level I think getting Europa League again would be superb you know but I feel we've we've controlled it so much and we're such a balanced side we're so uh, 
I don't know, just prepared, I feel. so. Yeah, prepared. no, that's understandable. I get what you're saying. Yeah, from compared that. to other clubs where there's so many issues all the time and I feel like there's, there's a few mid-table clubs who, as per always, will drop down for lower Sure. Level. And I just don't feel like that could be Southampton. No, I think what you're saying is quite a good point. I think if you look at a club like Hull right now, they're in a bit of a disaster. Yeah, everything's with going wrong. Wrong. Mm. Although we have things go wrong for us, I don't feel that everything comes crumbling at once and we I feel like direction. we deal with the mm. problem and move on quite quickly. Um, whether the fans or outsiders would agree we handle everything in the you know, the professional yeah. way that, that, that most would want us to is debatable, but we seem to always come out of things okay. Yeah. Um, I am curious to see how this manager works out, yeah. um, you know, for a number of reasons like we spoke earlier. But overall, I think I am fairly happy. I'd just like yeah. to see a few extra signings come in. I've got to ask you before we finish this up then, who is your, who's going to win the league for you? Okay. And yeah. who are the three teams that are going to get relegated? Okay. If you can't we'll think of the, the three, if you can't think of the three, you can give me two. Okay. Okay. First of all, Hull, rock bottom. Yeah, that, okay. that was mine. Just to throw I'm that out. I'm going to go with Hull. Uh, I would also go with Burnley. I think they'll put up a good fight this year, as per. Yeah. But at the end of the day, they just don't have enough star quality. Um, and then final side, God, I'd love West Brom to be relegated. I feel West Brom I'd could be that one to watch again. West Brom get relegated. I just feel like. However, they just set themselves up too strong and, and make themselves too hard to beat and draws keep them up. Yeah. Sadly, they're a, t- they're a team that stays up from draws a lot of the time. So they'd be my hopeful going down. I'm not sat on another third spot. But for the league, uh, I feel like it's hard to look past Conte. I feel like too many people are looking past Chelsea. Just no European football and Conte's fitness plan, the additions of, of Kante in the middle as well, Batshuayi going in, they've got a really strong core again, yeah. and he's getting players playing to nicer positions. Um, I've been there in for a good chance, and how much Mourinho's sorted out United, I feel like he's got, you, you can't rule him out, can no, you? No, Man United... Is yeah. he going to finish third? Is he really going to finish third place? I feel like he's going to be first or second. It's so yeah. hard to see, imagine a Pep Guardiola side finishing third, third place, so he can keep Aguero fit for the whole year, then City have got the league. I just don't but believe that. Chelsea going, what City? What, we're just uh, Aguero staying fit. Oh yeah, yeah. he's always going to get that injury. injury isn't it? What about you? For me, I think Hull right now are definitely one of the favourites to go yeah. down. I'd agree with Burnley also being another that will probably struggle to just about survive. I think potentially Bournemouth could end up in the mix quite easily, but they are sort of a 50-50 for me. I think they'll either do absolutely fine yeah. or they'll fall I right into it. As long as Eddie continues to play his, his risky game. I think that's what they, yeah. so they know. The good thing about Bournemouth, they don't get disheartened when things aren't no. in their way because they, they play their style and they get beaten 4 0 and they go, that's fine because that happens. Yeah. That's the way we play. Sometimes we leave the pitch open. Mm-hmm. As long as they keep doing that, I couldn't see him going down. But if he starts playing a more conservative style, which I really hope he doesn't, then I think they, they could, could potentially they could suffer. Try. For me, I think Man United could steal it. Yeah. I mean, I'd, I'm not entirely convinced, but I think just. The players they brought in or are bringing in with Pogba, mm. obviously Ibrahimovic coming in. Um, Tarian on the other way. They've got some really good buyers there. Mourinho is an absolute crazy man. He's drilled yeah. when it comes to, you know, he becomes obsessed with winning yeah. titles. Um, and I think that they could be a real, real good team this year. Um, you've also got the likes of Shaw coming back for them. Um, and I think Mourinho's going to wield out some of the deadwood yeah. in that team. They were um, far greater side with Shaw last year. People, yeah. people undermine how important fullbacks are in the modern game. 
and when you've got someone like Rojo or Blind, you're just not I getting agree. those bombing runs. You're not even if he's not directly whipping in a ball, it's the overlapping run and being that available. creates the space. You know, it allows someone to drive inside or yeah. or take an extra man on and draw a man wide. And with Blint or Rojo, that just wasn't happening. No, I think there's um, arguments to be made for all of the other teams. My, my two that I don't think are going to be anywhere near winning it are Arsenal and Liverpool. I don't think Liverpool, Liverpool massively improved. No. Um, I don't think Wijnaldum's a great player. I think he's a good player on his day. But he's like Mane in a sense that his inconsistency yeah. hampers his uh, overall ability. Um, Arsenal, for me, haven't bought well enough yet. I would have been more swaying towards saying Swansea could be the surprise to be relegated mm. up until yesterday when they brought Lorente. in Lorente. I think that's a good buy for them. Yeah. Um, and I think perhaps now they've settled down and are going to start bringing in the yeah. business I mean, that he normally did. There could be goals. I mean, he could turn out to be a bit of a dud buy. He has been, to me, he's been around for a long time and yeah. never really broken into one of the other major the leagues. Yeah. yeah, the next bracket of a striker. He's always scored the goals. Sure. But you want to see him perform more on, on the big stage, stage. And... but he didn't have a particularly great record in goal scoring ability in the last yeah. uh, his last team but I think this could be a good move for him um, so you know I think there's a lot of room for argument that many of the clubs could be relegated mm. in the bottom half it's a bit more to decide who's going to win yeah. in the top but um, either way I'm really looking forward to it it's going to be a good season yeah, me too. it's going to be a fantastic season Fantastic. Let's wrap this up anyway. So where pe- where can people get um, follow you online? Just remind them again. And what's coming yeah. up on your website no currently problem. at the moment? So guys, basically be sure to follow at Fresh Saints on Twitter and also check out the website this Sunday as well. Possibly on the Monday. I'm going to put a lot of hours into it, but I want to do a real tactical breakdown. So be sure to uh, read that if you want to find out more about what Pule's uh, putting into pre-season this year. And um, if you want to follow my personal account as well, at Aiden Small 97 that's A-I-D-A-N Small. Nice one. You can follow me at Sean Walford. Um, we, we're going to be probably commenting on any games that we yeah. see. Are you going to the game on Sunday? I am indeed. You are, yeah. lucky you. Um, so if anyone else is going, enjoy the game. I'm sure it'll be a fantastic one. And if not, we're going to try and get some more recording done once we start back with the full game, yeah. uh, the first game of the season against, I believe it's Watford. Indeed, yeah. Um, but we'll keep people posted on our social media accounts and on the Fresh Saints website with what's happening with this podcast. But indeed. thanks again for listening, everyone. And we'll, uh, till next time, see you later.